Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share a recent conversation with Jim Zuffaletti. Jim is a Darden alum. He graduated in the full-time MBA class of 2005, and he also serves as the Entrepreneurship Community Director for the Batten Institute, as well as Adjunct Instructor for the Venture Velocity course here at the Darden School of Business. I recently connected with Jim to talk about his background, what led him to Darden, why he's so passionate about entrepreneurship, how the Venture Velocity class works, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jim Zuffalet. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here, Brett. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you here. How's everything going? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, it's here here we are in the in the fall of 2023 uh amidst the AI revolution and everything that's going on there and you know, from from my personal perspective as a uh, a deep believer in entrepreneurship, uh I'm excited because a lot of interest in AI means a lot of interest in entrepreneurship and startups and uh and you're starting to see that taking place here associated with Darden so good time great fall um excited for the year to start all right well we so appreciate your taking time out of your schedule to come on the podcast to talk a little bit more about your background and what you do here at Darden and UVA generally um so tell us a little bit more about you who are you and what's your story absolutely uh so I am um I guess for the purposes of the discussion today, I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I've been involved in starting companies uh, pretty much continuously for the last 30 years. So I uh, I was a economics major undergraduate. Uh, really thought that I was headed towards a kind of a corporate experience. Uh, took a job as a financial analyst in the early 1990s, working for General Electric. Uh, which was a really interesting time. This was the Welch era. And I know there's a lot of people who have all different opinions about Welch, but it was great uh, working there. I was actually at corporate headquarters uh, for a good portion of my time. And the uh, I, I thought I was on my way to a corporate career. And I was on a rotational program, second rotation through uh, I got involved in the startup of, so entrepreneurship, a startup of a new product uh, within a lending business there at what was once called GE Capital. And I got to the end of the period and you have to get reviewed by your boss. And I, I got the top review rating that was possible. So I got an A or an HB, I think as, as we would call it here at Darden now. And um, boss in the review said, listen, you as a financial analyst will never be better than about half half good. You're an average financial analyst. And I gave you the top rating because of the work that you did as an entrepreneur for this program and the startup of, of this venture within GE Capital. And so, frankly, the light bulb went off, well, uh, kind of two light bulbs. The first one is, you know, I'm in this financial program and I'm never going to be better than average, but also, hey, there's this thing called entrepreneurship that I'd never really thought about. And uh, maybe I should give it a go. And as it happened, got involved in another entrepreneurship uh, initiative uh, later on during my rotational period. And before I graduated from that training program, I left early uh, to get involved in uh, an internet startup that was related to that second entrepreneurship entity 
uh, which I was working on from 1994, 95, all the way through uh, 2003. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've been an entrepreneur. I, would, uh, I was a junior member of the founding team through, through that startup and then have been engaged in startups um, post-Darden as well over the last uh, 20 years. And then during that period, my wife and I um, have raised our four kids who are now, uh, my youngest is now a first year at UVA. So all things come back as a circle, if you will. Was it surprising to get that feedback uh, that you had a particular facility, a skill with uh, these kind of entrepreneurial activities? Honestly, it was. I mean, I really, um, I've often talked uh, when I come back, I, I'm, I'm very close to Professor Sarah Sarasvathy, who's a, a, an incredible scholar of entrepreneurship here at Darden. And when I come back to her class, one of the things I always like to talk about is the fact that you know, I was not a kid with a lemonade stand or any of those kind of early commerce things growing up. And so my um, my my expectations truly were that I was going to be one of those corporate people. I, my, I was the son of a corporate person. I was a corporate brat growing up, meaning I moved up and down the East Coast. And so this was just the thing. And uh, so it was it was truly an eye opener. Um, and I credit, uh, frankly, the time uh, period as well, because conceiving of yourself in the dawn of the Internet as uh, as an entrepreneur really was possible. I mean, everybody, too many people, frankly, really viewed themselves as being entrepreneurs. And so uh, it was the environment made it happen. And uh, and and I, you know, I joined on board, but I had no idea up front. In the midst of all this, how did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? So, uh, so the story starts with you know I I got involved with this startup uh, in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, after I worked at GE called Free Markets, and Free Markets was this like stereotypical internet moonshot. Um, went public in December of 1999, so kind of the most exciting moment. It was a Decacorn IPO. Uh, and then for the next several years, I had a, a bunch of uh, positions, including I was general manager for the largest business unit for, for several years. But I was always a junior member of the founding team. There were four of us when we founded the company in 95. There were three more senior people, meaning they were five years older than me. But they were much more kind of senior in terms of their experience to me, the young 25-year-old. And I really felt like that what I wanted to do after that run uh, was start another business. And so I was looking for kind of the launch pad associated with that, uh, living in Pittsburgh, and and decided that uh, getting an MBA was uh, was the important next step. Uh, I had found myself as a uh, general manager, I found myself exposed to fundraising, but in many of these areas, I really felt like I had to learn on the job. And so I felt like it was an it was a need that I had to get skill areas around general management and fundraising and entrepreneurship. And then I started looking at schools where it was available. And, you know, there was an incubator here at Darden. There were people who were committed to entrepreneurship uh, here at Darden. And so uh, and then, you know, importantly, as a as another consideration, as a 
as a parent with with young children, I also was looking for a livable place. And and Darden really checked the boxes. I applied to a couple of schools. As soon as I got into Darden, I withdrew all those applications. And, you know, this is this is where I wanted to be. Uh, and frankly, this is where I've stayed since I've graduated as well. So how did you continue to pursue entrepreneurship while you were a Darden student? Yeah, so I so so part of to continue the story, you know, I show up at Darden. I know I want to be a founder. Um, but ironically, I have no idea what uh, the business I'm going to start is. And and to give you a sense of, you know, in a way how kind of pathetic my my search was, you know, I even thought about things like um, I'm a software person, but I even thought about things like nanomaterials and, and things like that. And um, I was really, really fortunate, which is when you when you show up at Darden, you know, they've got the affinity groups, uh, they've got professional groupings that they do with you. And so I had an opportunity to um, to get exposed to a bunch of other people who were here at Darden to be entrepreneurs or intended to be entrepreneurs. And one of those people ended up being uh, a co-founder with me of a business based on my co-founder. His name is Ottavio Freire, his idea. And so the two of us founded a business Literally during the first year we were here, we participated in the business plan competition. We were in the incubator um, and we stayed in the incubator, frankly, after we graduated until the moment we had to move out um, and and then, uh, you know, really set up shop with the business here in Charlottesville and over a succession of three different businesses that we started uh, over the last 20 years, you know, have continued to stay as a, a Charlottesville-based business. But the genesis was while doing cases during first year, uh, balancing that with building a business plan, going to see potential customers, uh, trying to build software, all of all of those things that are kind of quintessential to the entrepreneurial experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the businesses uh, that you and Otavia Octavio launched together? Absolutely. So uh, we had our first business was called OpenQ. Um, and OpenQ was focused around uh, a software solution that's kind of a variant of CRM uh, focused for the life sciences industry. So think pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies. And we were a huge beneficiary of being part of the Darden ecosystem. Uh, an alumni network uh, through our work. We found customers, we found advisors, uh, we found people who were critical to the development of the business. And and frankly, we were never afraid to ask. Uh, that was one of our big things is we were shameless. We would crash, you know, if some medical device company had an executive that was showing up and making a presentation, we would crash you know, whatever class or presentation uh, was there so that so that we could be associated with it. So that was open queue. Then I got involved. Um, the two of us started to see an opportunity in the emergence of social business uh, and built a company called Social Safeguard, which was a compliance oriented uh, uh, product uh, that we had out in the market. And then the third business was a cybersecurity company originally named Safeguard Cyber. And, and again, there, the idea was all of the communications that are beyond email that people are using, like Zoom that we're using right now, are, are the new communication channels for businesses, both within the enterprise and without. 
and they are all vulnerable pipes, if you will, uh, for data to be stolen and things like that. And that's what we built the business at Safeguard Cyber around. Well, one of the things that's happening uh, for you this fall is that you're leading the Venture Velocity uh, class. Um, how did you get involved with this opportunity? What brought you back uh, to Darwin in this role? Yeah, there there were a couple of things, um, both uh, happy and sad associated with it that that brought me back here. Um, the the happy one is I uh, was very fortunate to be among the members of the very first class that Professor Sarasvathy taught when she first arrived here um, uh, in the fall of 2004. And I had uh, studied effectuation as part of our first year curriculum. Uh, we read a short piece that she put out that I would highly recommend to anybody thinking about entrepreneurship called What Makes Entrepreneurs Entrepreneurial. And uh, through the years, as after I graduated, I stayed in touch. And so as soon as I finished at the beginning of 2022, uh, being involved in these different startups, I was back in touch with Professor Sarasvathy looking for ways to you know, be engaged with Darden and with entrepreneurship at Darden. And so I started uh, jumping in to her class, getting to meet many of the students. Um, and then the sad part was, you know, quite frankly, within the Darden community, an incredible tragedy happened, which is the instructor for Venture Velocity, uh, Damon DeVito, very, very suddenly uh, passed away and left uh, an incredible gap uh, within the community as both the leader of this Venture Velocity class, uh, but also as a person who was such an important community builder for entrepreneurship across Darden, across grounds, and quite frankly, for anybody he interacted with. And so I was involved with Saris. I started getting involved with some of the graduates of that class, and that begat the opportunity um, to take responsibility for the Venture Velocity class, which has just been in, an incredible opportunity because it very much continues on in the tradition of what Professor Sarasvathy teaches in starting new ventures. It's very much the capstone of the entrepreneurial experience, and it's really, really designed for the person who thinks, I don't know if this is the full-time job I have after graduation, but I really, really want to make a go at starting a business. And there's a great track record through the years, including uh, Roback, uh, the apparel company, of individuals who have taken this class and launched businesses out of it. And so, you know, my responsibility is to help continue to foster those entrepreneurs, to teach them to the best that I can, to expose them to to effectuation and to give them the tools that that they can do to to launch their own businesses just as i had the chance you know 20 years ago i appreciate your kind words about damon devito i can tell you every student founder who ever came on this podcast to talk about their idea and their development of their idea mentioned damon he he had a significant impact on, on the community here at, at darden and so many so many people beyond just beyond just the founders um, I want to talk a little bit more about effectuation because this does come up in these conversations and some of our listeners might not know exactly what it is. So how do you explain it to people who don't know much uh, about effectuation? Yeah, I, I mean, the starting point 
uh, is 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 for people who are especially showing up at Darden who are uh, engaged in graduate studies is effectuation is this logic around how expert entrepreneurs have been proven to act as they develop their own businesses. And it's the rigor of the discovery that's really compelling for, for me as I looked at what effectuation was about as a topic and then the research behind it. So the starting point is this is not uh, a theory of entrepreneurship that's based on one person's previous experience. This is a study of expert entrepreneurship and how they behave and how they make decisions and what that translates into uh, in terms of a series of practices that can be learned, importantly, by everyone. So that's kind of the backdrop. But the best way that if you had to really quickly describe effectuation to people is there's this common conception of entrepreneurship, which is it's about people who have this incredible vision about this incredible return they're going to get, and they're single-mindedly going after that goal. And the reality is, is that effectuation from the research tells us that the best entrepreneurs are out there and think people like the founders of Apple are people who actually uh, start with an, an inventory of what means they have available to them, an approach to investing only those means, and a predisposition towards partnership and engagement with other people. So effectuation is a way to build businesses that is proven by experts that can be learned by anyone who comes to Darden, but frankly, can be learned by everyone. It's five principles. They're really straightforward. And a person who learns those principles can really immediately get into the action of starting a business. Uh, so that's how I, I think about effectuation uh, in terms of both the rigor behind it, but also its applicability in any kind of startup, whether we're talking about for-profit or social enterprise, doesn't matter. Um, effectuation is this powerful toolkit um, that came from Darden, that's taught by Professor Sarasvathy and others like me, and, um, and, and can really help launch entrepreneurs on their successful careers. You mentioned that venture velocity in, in many ways represents kind of the capstone experience for students who have an entrepreneurial interest uh, during their time here at Darden. And, and so I'm curious, how do you structure the class? How do you think about what students will do uh, during their time with you? Yeah, so there are a couple of really critical elements as as I uh, as I create uh, created the curriculum. So I, I love the term velocity because um, uh, it, it really it really demonstrates that commitment towards kind of leaning forward into things and moving as quickly as possible. And so each class topic has velocity in the title, whether we're talking about sales velocity or marketing philosophy or the role of the founder as the chief executive of the organization and executive velocity. Um, so we, we, we focus on topics from week to week. Uh, we try to make every single assignment within the class focused on things that are directly contributing to the business itself. Uh, so a person, uh, you know, I've said to, to the members of the class, if I give you an assignment and you cannot reuse it in the business, 
I want to know so that we will not repeat that assignment ever again, because it has to be about what contributes directly to their business. And the last component about it, and this is very much about what goes on at Darden, um, whether you're in learning teams or you're in your section, is this sense of collaboration. So the magic of venture velocity, if I can use that word without it sounding too presumptuous, is about having the individual entrepreneurs with all of the individual expertise they bring to the table. Maybe they're not experienced entrepreneurs, but they're experienced individuals and what they contribute to one another. Uh, and that's just amazing. Um, when I have classes, when uh, the entrepreneurs are discussing back and forth and I am just the facilitator, you know, it's like the best of the teaching when you're operating with the case method, uh, where everybody is learning from one another and they're getting better and you're just along for the ride to kind of help shape uh, and set things up. So that's how we have the course set up. It culminates in a, in a demo day of sorts. The, the demo day can literally end up in interactions that might lead to funding or the launch of the business and the like. It's interesting sort of to think about how entrepreneurship is perceived in our society. I think we tend to think about unicorn companies and billion dollar valuations and all this kind of stuff, which can feel very intimidating uh, to students who are thinking about this path. How do you help people think through what entrepreneurship is or, or can be? Yeah, well, the first thing you do is you start with correcting that conception, which is, you know, if you think about those unicorn companies and venture backed companies and, you know, and by the way, I've been in this world they represent such a small portion of the companies that are created. Um, the, the percentage of companies from the data, this is put out by Professor Sarasvathy, um, that receive uh, venture data, venture money in any given year is about 0.1% or 0.01% rather of all companies that are founded during an individual year. So 99% plus of those companies they get their money from other places that are not venture capital, and they grow businesses that, quite frankly, are just as successful and enduring over time as the businesses that get all the attention because they get the venture capital and sometimes they get the splashy IPO. And so the starting point is you, you really show that the vast majority of the startups are really not oriented towards that. The startups are oriented towards people who, uh, to go back to the principles of effectuation, they start with their means, they start with what they've got, and they start making things happen so that they can immediately start thinking about how am I serving the customer? How can the customer help me shape that vision? Um, and so it's about dispelling the myth and then impelling the action. Um, one of my favorite things that I learned that Dave, uh, Damon was frequented uh, to, to say to the members of the class is the best day to, to plant a tree is yesterday. And the second best day to plant a tree is today. And I don't know if he originated that or it came from somebody else, but the fact of the matter is action is what you can drive people towards. Uh, and as long as they have their own drive, you really have to want to be an entrepreneur as well. But those are the really the elements, which is you convey that they have the tools and the means to get underway immediately. And you let them know that what they've been told by society, what entrepreneurship means, is just not proven out in terms of the actual data that's out there. How do you 
encourage students to think or maybe in conversation with prospective students, people who are just learning about Darden, about the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial ecosystem, the resources and support uh, that are available here at the school? Yeah, well, the the first first piece is uh, it's there were there were so many facets to it. Uh, I have to give credit to you know the the Batten Institute for how much they foster entrepreneurship in all different elements, from scholarship to teaching to seminars, um, and and so there's a whole facet of programs that that come through because of Batten. Uh, I think that the the coursework that you can take, whether it's starting new ventures, um, you can take ETA, um, you can you can take venture velocity, you can even take a first year elective around entrepreneurship. Really gives kind of a rich program uh, in terms of coursework, and then there's the incubator, uh, the iLab, and and which gives you that opportunity to to work on your business over the summer in a really intensive way uh and then the last piece frankly is uh is all the competitions concept competition and the like uh that all of that fits within this culture again of collaboration and support it's a rigorous place uh, but it's a collaborative place and so um as as you think about the stories of new businesses they're not they're not solo sports they're team sports and many of the new members of your team, whether they're full-time or part-time or contributors or advisors, they, they come from within the Darden community. So there's just many, many different aspects uh, that, that can really meet people from, you know, those who might show up here with their own startup underway to people who are just starting with an idea and how do they work through that ideation uh, and perfection, whether it's involved in effectuation or design thinking uh, which is another uh, series of classes that you can take to help your entrepreneurship here uh, as well with Professor Lidka. What's interesting to hear you mention ETA, entrepreneurship through acquisition. I know that this has also been something that's been growing in interest amongst Darden students uh, in full-time as well as executive MBA and part-time too. Um, do you ever have students talk to you about ETA? Absolutely, just in the last class on Monday. Um, and in fact, the position that I've taken with Venture Velocity is if you are in Venture Velocity and your venture has is a search fund, um, that's fair game. Um, it's it's certainly true that there are different flavors of entrepreneurship uh, that, that people can engage in. Uh, and it is a flavor of entrepreneurship. One of the things that's exciting about it Frankly, uh, if you're a Darden student and you get this incredible unmatched curriculum around general management and you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got that un you've got this great opportunity to bring them together uh, in ETA in a way that uh, if you're going zero to one is going to be a different experience. And so I, I think it's it's a it's a really interesting trend. It plays so well to uh to the expertise that's been developed over the last you know half a century frankly at Darden around general management and I I love it as part of kind of the overall portfolio of experience both within the entrepreneurial community as well as in my own class some of our listeners may not be familiar with what a search fund is do you want to explain oh sure is? absolutely thank you uh yes so if you are engaged in entrepreneurship through acquisition uh, you may get into entrepreneurship through acquisition by working with an existing organization that's already going out and buying a business. 
but you might also decide that the fund you're not going to join another fund if you will you're going to create your own fund and uh get backers who will back your search and then back your acquisition process of the business uh and so it's uh it's you know in, and in fairness you know ETA has different elements to it and search funds are 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 part of it so if you want to get into ETA many paths and one of them is is starting a search fund and several people coming out of Darden have done that uh, quite successfully. I want to get back to your story a little bit. You mentioned coming to Darden. You wanted to do a venture, had this on your mind. Did you have a plan B or was it all always going to be entrepreneurship? I did not have a plan B. Um, in, in all honesty, Brett, I showed up at Darden and from day one, even in my admissions interview, uh, I recall, and my admissions person uh, is still here, uh, the admissions person who I interviewed with, I made it very clear I was here at Darden to learn and to launch my next business. Uh, and when I had the career counseling sessions, I made it clear that I was not looking to uh, do anything else other than entrepreneurship. And, and everybody respected me. There's a lot of people who do management consulting. There's a lot of people who do investment banking. There are even people who do those and still think about entrepreneurship as well. Um, several out of Venture Velocity last year are consultants now with businesses that they're operating as an entrepreneur on the side. Um, that, that was never my focus. I really felt like what I wanted to dedicate myself to while I was here at Darden was my studies, the startup, a new business, and, and my family. How did you and Tavio connect? How did you find each other? Yeah, we were, we, it was literally, we, there were maybe our, our, um, our year, maybe there were 20, uh, 20 to 30. So let's say five to 10% of the class overall, uh, who were people who identified as being interested in entrepreneurship. So whenever they had these events for, people who were interested in entrepreneurship, they'd invite all of us and we'd all show up. And so we kept on seeing each other the same, the events again and again and again. And so I don't know if it was the second or third or fourth event um, when Otavio and I are both at, uh, at the event together, but we, we end up, um, we, we ended up talking and, and, uh, and he conceived, he had already conceived of an idea uh, and and we just ran with that uh, through the starting of of the business that became uh, OpenQ. So it was the you know the Darden structures, if you will, that really brought us together. And it was the incubator that fostered us. Um, and you know, often in in Professor Sarasvathy's class, when I come back uh, to guest lecture, I talk about the fact that our most successful early contract. Uh, came while we were still in the incubator and uh, we had to support a site visit. So I, I guess we hadn't closed the contract, but the contract emerged as a possibility. And so we had to move out of Darden finally and into uh, a local office and create a business, a physical presence. Um, but until then, Darden had been our home. Uh, so, you know, it was all of that that brought us together. I'm always interested to hear where people's ideas come from. Um, you mentioned this first idea was one that he had had in mind. 
What about the second and, and the third thing? Where where did those come from? Yeah, so um, both of them have kind of uh, a little bit less colorful but interesting stories. So in um, we were running OpenQ at the time. We had raised some venture money. Uh, I'll spare you the, the details, but we had run into some significant headwinds uh, in terms of uh, of the dynamics associated with our market space. And uh, we were very fortunate to connect with some people at uh, Salesforce, uh, the company out in San Francisco. And we were on a call with them one day talking a little bit about our app. And offhandedly, one of the product people said, you know, it would re be really good if there was a company that, that made a product that helped people use our social business product, but do it in a compliant way. And we said, oh, we'll do that. And and so that literally, that conversation based on that identified need that that product person at Salesforce had, uh, who is still a person we're in contact with to this, to this day, uh, begat the creation of a whole new business. Uh, and that became Social Safeguard. And true to form, Salesforce was an early partner for us in, in terms of helping identify potential uh, customers, major customers in the financial services industry and the like. And one of the things that we recognized as we were kind of ensuring compliance for all these different social business platforms was we were in the message flow. Uh, and we quickly realized that once you're in the message flow, it's not just about compliance, it's also about cybersecurity. And so, um, this is and and this is where we're fast forwarding to um the the original conflict between ukraine and russia that was taking place in 2014 2015 uh that included a lot of social media warfare and so we looked at kind of the warfare that was taking place in ukraine at the time and we said this is going to come to the states uh, cybersecurity is going to emerge as a trend within all these social business platforms like Facebook and Slack, and uh, we've got to protect those platforms. And so we uh, created uh, Safeguard Cyber uh, as a as an opportunity to take the existing access that we had with Social Safeguard and have it become a cybersecurity company. Very interesting to to hear where these ideas come from. Um, I'm wonder what is it about entrepreneurship in particular that has has sparked uh for you that's led you down uh this path what do you enjoy about it well i'd say personally uh i love the experience of going from zero to one uh to use the expression for peter thiel uh, who you know i think his book is a is a phenomenal book about entrepreneurship and uh, several of the videos that are available online about him uh, Professor Sarasvati uses another interesting turn of phrase, which is zero to 60, meaning zero to 60 miles per hour when you're starting the business. And so uh, I love that challenge of uh, of going about and um, and creating something that then you're able to ultimately craft in conjunction with the customer that you can ultimately sell to the customer. And that's why effectuation is so appealing to me, because in many ways, I uh, I felt like it gave me a vocabulary to understand the way that I was being an entrepreneur, which is, you know, start with what you have, bias for action, um, work with the customer to help the customer and partners, which will help you define uh, what you're offering uh, is overall. And so, you know, that's 
that drew me uh, to 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 the world of entrepreneurship. And then to circle back to effectuation, um, I shared the the desire or the or the belief that Professor Sarasvati has, which is entrepreneurship has been thought of so long as this field that's based on I did it this way, so you should do it this way, and uh, you know, almost like a self help view. And in truth, it is a it is a it is a new field of endeavor. Um, with learnable principles and learnable rules. And I have stayed involved because I've continued to be attracted to that, where, you know, I think about my affordable loss, uh, which is another principle of effectuation on a regular basis. Uh, and so I've got this vocabulary that I can use that seems very natural to me. So those are the things that that really attracted me uh, to the act of, of entrepreneurship, that ability to do something uh, versus just spending time thinking or doing something that somebody else was telling you you needed to do. Yeah, I appreciate the effectuation framework because I think it also counters that idea that like an entrepreneur is like this singular person, this genius idea, this kind of just an outlier uh, of sorts. Like this is something that you can learn, you can get, you can do, you can actually implement like you don't you don't have to be that kind of person that I think sometimes popularly we associate with entrepreneurship. Absolutely. No, no and, I, and I don't want to take us too far afield. But if you if you even go into the past of this of Steve Jobs, who's probably like the prototypical, oh, he had a vision. And you actually look at how Steve Jobs started Apple with Steve Wozniak. It was full of what you would recognize as effectuation. In fact, there's this wonderful video um, that uh, I think it's the Santa Clara Historical Society has that's a relatively late in life interview with, with Steve Jobs. And one of the things he talks about is kind of the critical element of asking and, um, and, and really going to other people for counsel, for collaboration, for partnership. And it really flies in the face of this idea of an entrepreneur has to have this singular vision and hold on to that vision no matter what. And even Steve Jobs was really about um, talking to people, asking them uh, for for things along the way as he and and Wozniak were building the business. So it's out there in terms of what the what the data is um, uh, in in just a, a tremendous way. Well, Jim, last question for you here. Um, is there a piece of advice that you would share with our prospective student listeners, something that you would encourage them to think about as they go forth on their own MBA journeys? Absolutely. So beyond, you know, I'll say stating the obvious, if 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 you are a prospective student uh, as a listener to this podcast and you are thinking about entrepreneurship, uh, I can very much tell you passionately you have a home here at Darden. Um, there is an ecosystem that you can plug into, and in many ways, versus um, and and you know this is one of those things one tries to be conscientious of. Um, it's a it it is a an entrepreneurship culture that focuses on helping develop the student as an entrepreneur, as opposed to an employee at an early stage company, uh, and so that's something that you can find here. Uh, the, the second piece of advice that I would tell people is in the spirit of effectuation, it is come to Darden and know that as soon as you land here, you can get involved in, 
starting your business. There's nothing that says you have to wait till you graduate, till you're a second year or anything about that. It is the the experience of being at Darden is very rigorous. It's very intense. Uh, but but you can be an entrepreneur at the same time. And in many ways, they will reinforce one another. It's something that I did. It's something that my co-founder got involved in. I've seen many, many students through the years, again, to go back to the rowback example of people who were first years who really were able to do that. So come here and start um, because there will never be a better time. Um, and you will you will never have as much that you'll be able to plug into in such a short period of time. Well, Jim, it's been so much so much fun talking with you, hearing your story, talking about venture velocity and, and your advice for students who are considering an entrepreneurial path. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure, Brett. But so much appreciate it. I love entrepreneurship and love talking about it. Sometimes too much. And that was my interview with Jim Zuffaletti entrepreneurship community director for the Batten Institute and adjunct instructor for the Venture Velocity Corps here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.